This is Observations Q&O Podcast for Friday, the 24th of September, 2021. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dale Franks. I'm Michael Wade. And I'm Bruce McCoy. We have the whole crew here tonight, by the way. Happily. Um, I don't know, Bruce, whether to try to go back to two weeks and just ask you just offhandedly what your opinion of General Mark Milley might be. Or we still there? <laughs> yes. Clearly, he I, is. I think, yeah, I think the guy should be gone. He he has a, apparently everything I've read. He has a habit of getting into portfolios he has no business in. For instance, and just the one that pops to mind is, you know, the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is not in the chain of command. That he has he, he can't give anybody orders. He has, he, he's but, forbidden by federal law to exercise. Any yeah, but what? Authority. But what does he do? He calls the commander of the uh, uh, you know compact and and says, "Hey, I want you to cancel those uh, those uh, exercises you're doing. They're too provocative." That's hell. He should have been relieved for that. That's way outside his lane. And by the way, if I was a uh, major command sink, you know what I would have said when he called me up and said that. Yeah, what I would have said, hey, not your call. Yeah, you're, not call the, yeah, you're not in the chain of command. I don't work for you. I'll do that's whatever right. exercises I feel are necessary. Thanks for your input, Sec- however, General. That's right. SecDef calls me and says that. That's one thing. You call me and say it. Yeah, no. And, and that's what that's what he should have said. So, um, yeah, this guy has a habit of doing that. I've, I've read a number of things where, he has uh, done things that he shouldn't have done, gotten into things that he shouldn't have gotten into. And this October 30th call, uh, to me, was, is more than enough to say, um, yeah, put your, put your stars on the desk and don't let the doorknob catch you in the ass. Uh, put your stars on the desk or start reading up on a defense to Articles 96 and 103. Or, I'm yeah. sorry, 92 and 103. I mean, that, yeah, he, he is... Uh, Boy, he should be gone. He should be gone. A number of them should be gone, but but, but for sure he should. But yeah, there's no accountability. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be forced out for the Afghan debacle. Um, you know, he's not gonna be forced out for uh, basically treason. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a two tiers justice system, and if you're in the right party and the, and on the right side of uh, the politics. You're not going to go to jail. Yeah, well, there will be some accountability. There'll be accountability for the Border Patrol agents who were seen whipping Haitian migrants with whips uh, in Del Rio, yeah. Texas. <laughs> Narrator, there were no whips. No one was yeah. whipped. Well, uh, And it just demonstrates again how desperate this administration is to change the subject. Anything. What, media along changes- with Oh, yeah. Well, that's their, you know, <laughs> they go hand in that's hand. That's their PR arm. Yeah, they, they go hand in hand. I mean, there's no question about that. I, I don't think anybody would even try to argue against that premise anymore. You, you've just seen it too many times. Well, I mean, look, at look. We, we've got more and more stuff coming out about Hunter Biden's uh, laptop and the messages and, and the China, you know, him bragging about his connection with the White House. And, and how much coverage is that getting? You know, uh, we find we find out that the guy, uh, the big guy, may owe five hundred thousand in back taxes while he talks about taxing everybody else. But you know, where's that gone? You know, I I never thought that I would be nostalgic for the calm, quiet competence of the Carter administration. 
<laughs> but here we are. Oh, I'm even I, I'm even nostalgic for the damn mean tweet administration shit. You know, at least uh, at least everyone else in the world behaved. Oh, and by the way, talking about the the taxing the the, the billionaires, uh, I thought it was hilarious that Joe Tri- Biden came out yesterday and said, I, "I I just think it's disgraceful that trillionaires and billionaires are not paying their fair share." And Jeez. trillionaires, we got we got one of those now. I don't Joe. think we do. Well, not quite. <laughs> well, maybe in Zimbabwe. Well, yeah. yeah, a plumber yeah, in Zimbabwe. A plumber in Zimbabwe should be a trillionaire at this point. <laughs> yeah. And about, by the way, the the the, uh, the administration that uh, that follows the science. I got the biggest kick. The CDC director overruled the science advisory panel that said, "Yeah, don't give boosters for high risk workers." Oh, science, no. Narrative, yes. We and follow. So he overruled it. We follow all the science in which we, with which we agree. Agreed. That's exactly right. And uh, no, this is clearly a, clearly a political move. Let's well, let's let's backtrack. There, there's there as you can see, there is so much to talk about. It's impossible <laughs> to even stay on a subject um, because one leads inexorably into the the next failure. Um, let's go back to Del Rio, Texas, and the border. There were some pictures of DHS, you know, Border Patrol agents riding around using split reins with their horses, and they were riding around gathering up these immigrants. And there is not a single picture or a single video of anyone being whipped, even with the split reins. Although I can't imagine having ridden horses at various points in my life uh, with split reins that I can't imagine that you could actually physically harm somebody by hitting them with a split rein. Um, I suppose it's possible if you did it really, really hard, but, <laughs> but, um, never mind that. The fact is there's not a single picture, not a single video of anyone getting whipped. And yet it is now taken as a fact. And by the way, will be repeated as a fact, just like George W. Bush's plastic Thanksgiving turkey in Iran. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> that, that. DHS border patrol agents were whipping black uh, Haitian immigrants, uh, and of course, it it never happened. And the thing that that gets me is is people now apparently when being confronted with the question, who are you going to believe, Joe Biden or your own lion eyes, have picked Joe Biden. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he needs all the help he can get, and of course. You know, the, the the real subject that people should be talking about is the fact that there were 15,000 Haitian, illegal Haitian immigrants under that bridge. Uh, it's now been cleared out. They said they were going to fly them back to Haiti, but only 1,400 went back to Haiti. So where are they? Uh, the latest, well, what's the- even worse than that, though, is that they aren't even really from Haiti. They're, they've been living in Chile. Chile, and, yeah. Uh, they're all throwing Brazil. away. Yeah, they're all throwing away Chilean but, ID cards. For goodness sakes. But but the whole point is, where are they? Because they're not in Haiti, and they're certainly not back across the border. So where are they? The latest number I saw is that about ten thousand have been repatriated to one place or another. Twenty thousand have been released on their own recognizance and instructed to report to the border patrol. No, they haven't been instructed. They've been. It's been suggested they didn't get an order. 
Oh, that's right. They were to, asked to report. to report to the Border Patrol. That's right. They were asked to report. So there's no way to know where they are because they're gone. They accomplished but, what they wanted to accomplish, and they're here. Yeah, apparently apparently that whipping didn't slow them down a bit, did it? <laughs> and, and by the way, let's not even ask if any of them are vaccinated because I think we all know the answer to that question. Yeah, I think we do. I think well, we, we, do. we don't even have to think. We've been told. <laughs> exactly. The administration just told us, yeah, we're not checking to see if these people are vaccinated, and now we know that they're just letting them in. And we're getting 250 plus thousand a month now at the border. Yeah. Yeah, and yep. how many illegal aliens are in this country? It seems like that 11 million number uh, just never budges. It hasn't budged for like the last 30 years. I- I'm going to suggest that maybe it's a lot higher than that. Yeah, I, I probably I, triple or a quadruple. Yeah, I would certainly agree. I, I mean, after all, if we're we're finding two hundred and fifty thousand a month coming across, it doesn't take very long to add another million to that number. Mm-hmm. And we're doing nothing about it. Well, we're well, doing yeah. something about it. We have now uh, forbidden the use of horses at the border. Yes, uh, that was that was important to do. And Joe Biden coming out today saying, hey, you know, these agents are going to pay for what they've did, the horrible things that they've done down there when the agents actually didn't do anything. They, they didn't break any laws. Well, I think, I think we ought to just jail them with a January 6th conspirator. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it kind of sounds like that's what they're going uh, to. Well, well I mean, this sounds like, yeah, the same, it sounds like the same type of rhetoric that was thrown at the January 6th bunch. Uh, by the now, way, these I, are horrible people. That, I should mm. I should point out that over half of all Border Patrol agents are Hispanic. Yeah, that's right. Well, especially in Texas. Yeah, but I mean, in general, more than 50 percent of Border Patrol agents are Hispanic. That's across the entire agency. I'm sure that in Texas, that percentage is somewhat a lot higher. higher. Yeah. <laughs> not a, not a lot of need just... for Spanish speakers, you know. In Windsor, on between the border, <laughs> Windsor, Ontario. You got to be able to say a boat right there, yeah. I'll blow a spaniel, eh? Yeah. Hey. So, Holy again, the border completely out of control. And this administration has mm. no plan for doing anything about it. Uh, Mayorkas came out today and just basically mealy-mouthed through his thing. His his primary thing was this whole whip thing is just wrong, and we can't be doing that. Well, okay, good. Yeah, we're this not. is after this is. And I, let's let, let's back up. Just say, this was after him standing up and say they didn't whip anybody. Yes, well, uh, Joe you know, Biden says they were. Yeah, yeah, Joe Biden That's says right. they were whipped. So now they have been whipped. Now they're whipped. Yeah, and we're going to have this big investigation. And I don't know if you guys have seen. The, you know, there were shots, of, you know, that, that one picture that, that they seem to really zero in on where he's, he's grabbed the, the uh, immigrant uh, and, and his uh, reins are kind of looping around. Well, there's a shot of that from behind and it, where, where it looks like it's actually maybe hitting the immigrant. It's not even close to it. It's actually flying out behind him. It's, well, uh, and yeah, it's just so, common sense would tell you. He's got the left hand holding the split reins. Yeah. He's got and he's, he's holding whole, two reins. Yes. And he's grabbing and he's, the guy with the right hand. What what hand is whipping? Yeah, exactly. With the, there is no way that that's matter of fact, the whipping. photographer who uh took those pictures and, and took the video said, I didn't see anybody get whipped. 
Yeah, he said there was none of that. And and so 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 knowing that and seeing all this and listening to the photographer, now we get to sit back and see what the big investigation brings. You know what it's going to bring because this distraction is working and they're going to find these guys to be the most horrible human beings in the world besides the January 6th insurrections. Well, apparently Border Patrol agents are already pretty incensed about the way the administration is handling this. Yeah, I can imagine. So, how would you yeah, like? and they should be. Yeah, yeah. and if, if they go after these guys, um, there may be. The way it sounds, we may be facing the first federal industrial action since the Patco strike. Hmm. A lot of border patrol yeah. agents getting sick. You see. Yeah. Exactly. And why wouldn't they? It's a pandemic. Everybody's getting sick. Yeah. I'm, but the I'm problem is, you, yeah, I mean, you can't just replace those people. Well, you can, but I, and, and that's what I was getting to. I'm kind of interested in the fact that, that uh, Governor Abbott down there only has a thousand uh, National Guardsmen on the border when he has a force of around 25 tons. I expect that to swell. Well, here's the problem, though, as I understand it. Those thousand are over in the Del Rio sector, and, and and what he they pulled everything over into Del Rio, so they have checkpoints all along the border that are unmanned now. Yeah, I've heard that me, too. Yeah, yeah. If to me, if I'm the governor of the state, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure those checkpoints are manned, and I understand that's a federal responsibility. But if I'm going to make a big deal about my state being invaded, then if feds aren't doing it, I'm going to step up and, and make sure everybody knows I'm stepping up and doing the job the feds aren't doing. And that means deploying my National Guard. So I'm, I'm kind of lost on why that's not happening. Well, the second that it happens, he's going to find himself in a federal court who is going to say federal law preempts Texas law on this. This is a federal okay. responsibility. Okay. You can't do it. Okay. And at that no point— biggie. At that point, he's either got to back down or he's got to provoke a constitutional crisis. Well, he does it, and, and then he, he makes hay with the fact, uh, you know, I mean, who has politicized the border? Uh, you know, the, the, the left. And, and if you step up and do that, and, you know, the next day some judge says you can't do that, you, you're just ans- answering back, the, you know, the, the lack of uh, uh, anyone on the border doing their job federally and the fact that uh, you don't want uh you know the state to try and protect this stuff i mean to me it's a win-win so I why recall he's... that there's a, a a clause in some document a pretty important document if i remember correctly that uh says that the federal government um is charged with the responsibility of uh protecting against all invasions foreign Right, uh, and if and if the federal government abrogates that, then what? Right, and I know that we had this. I remember Arizona uh, brought this to a head, and I don't remember exactly what the issues were, but I know that uh, the federal courts killed it, and yeah. I don't think it made probably, it to the Supreme Court. They'll probably kill this too, but the fact is, it illustrates the abrogation of responsibility by the federal government. Right. I'm just pointing so out that had, the legal avenues here. Sure, sure. We we have had to put these people out here because the federal government has nobody manning this. 
and That's so exactly we're being invaded. And and now now the courts say we can't do it, and you turn to the people and say, "What do you want to do?" Well, a court has said that. The Ninth Circuit has yeah. said that. Um, no, I understand. This that. is Texas's Fifth Circuit, and right. I think no, they'd be I'm, more amenable. I, I, I was I was just pay, paying through the scenario. Right, know, right, right. Some I, court. No, no, I, I understand. I'm just playing through the okay. legal scenario and yeah, saying so that. So you'd have the Fifth Circuit and the Ninth Circuit split, which would uh, at least militate towards the Supreme Court taking up the issue. Yeah, because th and, that's, and, those and are the two me, circuits. And, and to me, I, I don't see why, uh, based on the fact that it's his border, uh, you know, his state's border. Why Governor Abbott can't declare an emergency and 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 uh, call up his guard? I agree. Yeah, neither do I. The thing is, once they catch them, what do they do with them? Well, I you know who who knows. If you turn them over to DHS, them. they'll just release them. Oh, I'm not going to turn them over to anybody. I'm going to put them in a holding area until DHS come get them. DHS isn't going to come get them, so. I've asked, you know, made them available to them. Here they are, but they won't come get them. Right. And then we get kids in cages again, right? Okay. Compared to what's going on down there, how's that going to be bad? Oh, I'm just you know? saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, how's that going to be bad? I mean, they're already in cages. It's just yeah, that exactly. because it's the Democrats doing it. When Texas is doing it, it's going to be kids in cages again. Exactly. And then... And it's just a propaganda war. Yeah, right. And that's exactly what it is. But right now, it's being hidden completely. That way, as completely as you can hide something like that. I mean, nobody's talking about the kids in cages and the 200 and something thousand. It's all been focused on this 15,000 under the bridge. But that same, same crap's going on right now that's been going on since Joe Biden took office. You know, you still have thousands and thousands coming coming across the border. And why Nothing shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? They know they're probably going to make it across. Yeah, and once absolutely. they do, they're here. Well, yeah. if they listen to Maxine Waters and and uh, the Squad and and all those people, because America is a horribly racist country who kills black people and uh, just wants them to die and marginalizes them. So I don't even know why they want to come here. <laughs> because unlike most, like most sane people, they don't listen to the news or politicians. <laughs> they listen to family that's here. <laughs> well, that is count one of this week's institutions, uh, of this week's institutional failures. Count two that we mentioned was the FDA. The ACIP, the, the, the Scientific Ad Advisory Panel, voted, uh, I believe it was 19 to 2 against requiring uh, booster vaccinations. Uh, they made that announcement three days before Joe Biden's announced uh, begin, uh, beginning of booster vaccinations being uh, uh, becoming available. Um, and, well, here we are. Lo and behold, the FDA director, Rachel Walensky, uh, has decided to override that scientific advice and now say, yeah, everybody can get a booster who wants a booster. And so the Biden administration wins. They get their boosters. After all, he's trying to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. Uh, and so 
you know, the scientific advice, who cares? That's not what the policy was that was announced. So we're going with the policy that was announced, despite the scientific advice of the FDA's advisory board. Or the CDC. Yeah, and the same thing happens. Yeah, exactly the same thing happened at the good old CDC, uh, where she overruled a, a scientific advisory board that said precisely the same thing the FDA did. And she said, yeah, no, that's, that's not what we're going to do. Screw the science. So the Biden administration gets its way, but it gets its way without even the cover of the best scientific advice. Well, I mean, truth be told, they're not even trying to hide the power play right now. I mean, they're just blatantly. Uh, yeah, there is no hiding it anymore. You're right. No, I mean, they're, they're just blatantly saying, look, you just need to do what we tell you to do. Yeah, there's there, there's no there's no middle ground. There's no deniability. They're not trying for any deniability. They just flat in your face. Get it. Get it. You know. They've talked to the, what? what is it? They've got 12 or I don't remember how many days the, the military to get their vaccinations or they start processing people out or non put them in a non-deployable status or, or whatever. Um, really? That's the way we want to treat our military? Probably the healthiest bunch of people in, in the country. You're going to, you know, put this on them? Well... You know, having been deployable for a fair part of my early life, um, there are a lot of vaccinations you're mandated to get. You know, we all had to get the typhoid. We all had to get the yellow fever. Um, and we had to have them updated on an, an, an annual basis. Uh, hell, they'd run us through mo- mobility lines. So in the military, yeah, I, I get that. They, they, they do I get have that. the ability also, to order you to I'll, take a vaccine. I also get the fact that the yellow fever and the typhus and all the things that we took were were proven vaccines. There were vaccines that have been studied, approved. Yep, we're we're good to go. The fact that the, that the FDA has decided, you know, for whatever reason, to say this one's good without any real long studies, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of I've been vaccinated. I took it. But I kind of support the people going, yeah, I'm, I'm leery of this, and I'm not sure I want to do it. And besides that, well, especially we're, talking about, the, we're talking about a damn disease that's got a 99% re- survival rate. Say. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially okay. with the reasons they give you is, look, the vaccines work, and they're effective. If you're unvaccinated, then you're a danger to the vaccinated. What? Why? so i so the unvaccinated have to get vaccinated to protect the vaccinated who can get sick from the unvaccinated that makes no sense yeah i don't want to have kids so all of you have to start wearing condoms right there you go (laughs) yeah if you don't use your umbrella then my umbrella exactly (laughs) that's that's what i saw yeah that's exactly right i mean that's where we are and yeah, it just it makes no sense. And the yeah. thing is, you know, look, smallpox, measles, all that stuff, uh, you know, typhoid, I mean, all the ones that we get. And if you're yeah, going 30 percent death rates and stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, that. Th- th- those make sense. This doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And it now really they're doesn't. talking about uh, mandating, you know, five through 11 year olds. I, I can promise you this. I, and I guarantee you, I am not even close to being alone. My daughter, who's 10, is not getting that fucking vaccine. My 16 yeah, well, There's no reason for it. No. 
And matter of fact, they're both better off just getting the, you know, the COVID. Yeah. You quite know, chicken pox party. Yeah. yeah. Unvaccinated. I mean, you're exactly right. Unvaccinated children are less likely to catch COVID than vaccinated adults. Yep. Yep. And even if they get it, they're less likely to feel much of anything and spread it. And we've had more people uh, die of the flu just this year who are under uh, 18 than we've had the entire pandemic uh, from COVID. Yeah. Yeah, but we we are moving almost inexorably to the, you people are going to do what we say. Well, that's right. That's exactly what it is. And And the other thing is, yeah, they're, they're shaming everyone else, you know? I mean... As old Zuby said, you can be in favor of something, but opposed to it being mandatory. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I get it. I, I took the vaccine because I'm an old guy. I thought, why well, take the chance? But that doesn't mean I think everybody should have to take the damn vaccine. And they have never addressed and still have until they do. People are just going to blow raspberries at them. Uh, the natural immunity of those that have had COVID. Why should they get a vaccine when their freaking natural immunity you, it seems to outlive and be stronger than what the vaccine gives? Yeah, yeah that's well, right. Their, their their reasoning now is, well, look, if you've had COVID, you got this great immunity. All the vaccine is doing is topping that off so that you're like, uh-huh. you know, super immune now. <laughs> what a horse. But, but it, it has know. to be because that's not how vaccines work. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the no, and, and but that but that's Biden's not. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm afraid that that we're, for better or worse, about four or five months behind Australia. Oh God! God. It seems like it, doesn't it? Boy, in Australia is a, a disaster. I mean, it's fucking Orwellian down there. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. Yeah, there was that. that is there was a video today of the uh, Melbourne police officer choking that that girl, choking that woman, and like literally. And, oh my god, <laughs> it looked like I thought it was like some sort of dystopian movie at first. No, no, no. <laughs> she, you, you don't understand. She's being choked for public health and safety. Right, yes. For their own good. Yes, always for their own good. That's like the it's like the uh, the uh, pepper foam that they're spraying with. The, oh, I'm sorry, the public health and safety foam. That they're spraying, <laughs> the, they're spraying them. Here, enjoy some public health. Yeah. Holy public health occasionally world, burns the eyes, but don't worry. Yeah, and and they're and they've shut down the ability to um, fly drones anywhere in Melbourne. They have they have almost, to the extent that it's possible to do so, imposed more or less a a blackout on social media um, so that we can't actually tell what's going on there. Oh, well, and nor can the other people. Yeah, exactly. Although there, there are plenty of them. I've, I've seen a few of those videos from, I think it was from Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> this crowd's just bum-rushing the cops. Um, you know, Australians, I've, I've been kind of shocked that they've been so acquiescent to, to these, uh, you know, absolutely, uh, Orwellian rules, but it seems like there's plenty of people who are acting like good old Australians and saying, you know, fuck you, mate. 
Uh, we're going to do that. I think that'll grow. I agree that it'll grow. Yeah. I, I, I feel our, our friends in Australia will finally figure it out and go, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. What was it over New Zealand? There was some black market, uh, KFC smugglers or yeah. something. Oh yeah, I saw that. Holy. And crap. and the 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 cops had, you know, bags of KFC arrayed on the the hood yeah, of their like patrol car. Like big drug bust or something for God's sake. We've taken at least $40 of illicit chicken off the street. <laughs> uh, and then they probably went back and ate the stuff. Yeah. What was that movie? Oh, Brazil. Remember that movie Brazil? Oh yeah, yeah. Terry Gilliam. That, yeah, Terry Gilliam and uh, and Michael. Uh, what's his face? Palin. And I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, it's hard to distinguish between Australia and that movie right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the there was a situation yesterday where the Babylon Bee came up with one of their uh, one of their uh, parody news about what the Biden administration was going to do to these border guards. And freaking the next or within three days, the Biden administration had decided to investigate the border guards. Yep. They're, yeah, yeah, it's scary when the Babylon Bee is more accurate than the New York Times. Yeah, the Babylon Bee is just the Babylon Bee is no longer satire. It's it's becoming prescient. <laughs> it's it's Nostradamus. Tomorrow's headlines mm. today. <laughs> I mean, we've really entered like Tom Wolf era. Where you know things have gotten so crazy, it's like how do you even parody it? I mean, it's like, what, what's it a uh, pose law? And you know, <laughs> here's here's the weird thing about this this uh, overturning of the ASIP recommendation for the booster shots. This is the kind of stuff we were told Trump would do, and he never did. Yep. But it's exactly the kind of stuff that the Biden administration would do. It's every. Yeah, I, I forget who it was. It used to say everything that they accuse Trump of doing, they want to do. Yeah, that's exactly it's right. Absolutely, it's yes, and it's many. Most of the time, what they say is projection. I oh mean, yeah, it, it, they are the most self-unaware people I've ever seen. I would do it. So um, surely Trump is going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's where the idea came from. Hmm. I say now, yeah, I'd probably do that. I bet that best too. Yeah, well, I think uh, the most striking thing is how uh, you say, "Well, he's just he, you know, uh, flouts the rule of law." Really? Because I've seen, remember, like every time a Hawaii judge came up with a nationwide injunction, they followed it. Uh, meanwhile, the Supreme Court says, "Yeah, this is um, you know unconstitutional." Well, we're going to go ahead and do it anyway, and maybe we'll get enough time that we can, you know, illegally do this until they shut us down. Justice Marshall right. has made his ruling. Let him, right, let's him enforce it. That's right. <laughs> just, and, and I mean, that's impeachable. That is literally impeachable. That is well, a high yeah. crime and misdemeanor. Much, much of what Joe Biden has done is impeachable. Not that he's going to have to worry about that till you know after the twenty twenty two election. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, you, you know, we we have two parties that don't really give a rip about the country. They just give a rip about their party. Well, I mean, and, that, and that's the state of, you know, our political parties and, uh, you know, I, I guess the dialectic at this point. And we had, well, I guess one and a half impeachment impeachments, <laughs> uh, 
you know, in the first 200 years. And yeah, now in the last uh, 25, we've had, uh, well, let's see, we've had three and two others threatened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw somebody. T- uh, Go ahead, Bruce. There have been four uh, articles of impeachment uh, put, uh, put up by Republicans in this administration. I mean, this has become a game. You know, you did it to us, we're going to do it to you, and we get a chance. Now, yeah, it's you know, no longer the nuclear we, bomb of American politics. Right. We used no, to it's have, just another political tool. Right. We used to have statesmen uh, in Congress, you know, who actually looked at the country first. And then, and then, yeah, they played politics. They certainly did. It was a serious game. But, you know, we, you could pretty much rely on them to do the right thing. There is no reliance on that anymore. You can't rely on them to do anything that's close. I'm not talking either side. Anything that's close to the right thing. It, it goes back to that old Thomas Sowell thing says you can figure politics out when you realize that the, these these folks right here have, have a horizon of two to six years, two if they're in the House and six in the Senate, and that's as far ahead as they look, and they'll do whatever it takes to get reelected to that two to six-year uh, interval. And that's I, what they're interested in. That's their priority. Although I think it is, it is finally getting through to people how dysfunctional our entire political class is and how badly things are actually run. Uh, and this, how this, badly they're out of touch. This, this, this Rachel Walensky thing today, I saw somebody on Twitter that said, look, um, the Democrats did something that I would never have expected Donald Trump to do with this uh, this uh, CDC decision. They've just overridden the science and have just imposed policy. And, you know, the reason that we have institutions is to prevent this sort of thing from happening. But now I'm 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 not sure that I can tr- trust our institutions any longer. And I laughed and laughed and laughed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You finally got there, huh, Bubba? <laughs> welcome to where uh, I welcome to where I've been for two decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then we have the weaponized IRS. Yeah. So I guess uh, what the Biden administration wants to do uh, is require all banks to report to the federal government any banking transaction. In excess of six hundred dollars, which, if you're a business, is basically every business transaction. Yeah, and by the way, this is the Biden Jobs Program because he's authorizing the IRS to hire eighty-seven thousand additional agents. Eighty-seven thousand. Hey, maybe that's where the Haitians went. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Yeah, and it, it kind of irritates me that Joe Biden says the things like, you know, the he's tired of you know billionaires and trillionaires, haha, not paying their fair share. Um, funny, weren't you in Congress for like forty some years? Yeah. I mean, haven't you been a senator for my entire lifetime? I, I mean, at some point, did it ever occur to you to maybe simplify the tax code? Meh. No, it's it's the fault of these billionaires and millionaires. And and one of the things he said was, you know, these corporations, they're just not paying their fair share of taxes. Okay, fine. 
Show me one. Show me a corporation that is violating U.S. tax law and prosecute them. Sue them for violating the tax code. If you can't, then the problem isn't with the corporations, is it? Nope. Yeah, truth be told, I mean, that's where a lot of uh, IRS enforcement is focused because that's where the big pots of money are. They're not going to go after little mom and pop shops uh, unless, you know, they've got nothing else to do because there's just not enough money there. They go after the big transactions, the, uh, you know, the ones where they can levy huge fines um, and especially, and this is really just mixing policy into the enforcement where they can force corporations um, to do their uh, political bidding, uh, pay mm-hmm. a big fine, and then act in the way they want them to act, whether it's requiring everybody to be vaccinated, uh, you know, everybody has to wear a seatbelt. I mean, the, it, whatever it is, whatever the policy is, that's where they go. They go after the, the uh, big fish. Well, and the other thing you, you sort of touched on there is uh, this this um, tendency or this uh, movement, I guess, by by this administration to use people outside of uh, use entities outside of government to enforce their policies. For for instance, we have the uh, we found out about the collusion between the White House and big tech over you know, air quotes, misinformation, how they were helping them to censor uh, the uh, the uh, social media. Um, we, we have, of course, big government mandating vaccination using employers as the enforcing agents. I mean, you, uh, even down to the point that you've got uh, New York City government uh, using restaurants to enforce the mandate. Um, and now we have government, big government, using banks as a tax place. You know, they now have to put a, a protocol together uh, uh, that is going to cover any transaction over $600. You know how, how big that is going to be, how much overhead that's going to be, and how much that's going to cost banks? Well, it's not only that. The, the thing is, it's often poorly understood, that large organizations don't mind regulation all that much. After all, they can write it off against tax, and they can generally afford to implement those regulations. You know who can't afford to implement regulations like that? Small communities. Yeah, they're small competitors. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, if if you are upset about these mega banking corporations like Wells Fargo or Chase Manhattan, and you want to look at an alternative, well, here is a government policy whose primary result will be to strangle uh, many of those alternatives because community banks simply won't be able to to implement that level of reporting at that low an amount. I mean, everybody has already been burdened with the $10,000 amount that we put in at the height of the drug war to try to track down money laundering. So, you know, anything over $10,000 is now immediately suspect. So, you know, good luck. Which is really $5,000, which they call structuring. If you do $5,000 one day and then $5,000 the next day, Oh, wait a minute. That yeah. looks like structuring. And now it's down to $600? Well, that's going to cover just about everybody. Now, you might say that, oh, I'm just an individual. They're not going to come after me. Yeah, sure. Wrong. Not not yet. Yeah, they don't need to come after you. They just need that as a backup if they want to come after you. 
Well, if you end up being audited and they have that sitting in front, you know, you're audited, you write, you run up the red flags and you go in and, and, and they pull you in, they're going to kill you with that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're nickel, they're going to nickel and dime you to death. Yep. The process is the punishment. Yeah. Yeah. That's beginning to be what it is going to look but that's like. A, but that's what I've been seeing. I've been, I've been watching the government use outside agencies to enforce their their policy decisions versus them doing it and being told by the court they can't do it uh, well in the criminal context that's called being an agent of the government and as far as i know that still follows through in the civil context um it's just that you need somebody to bring the case yeah. and unfortunately the people who were bringing are all either about to be disbarred or <laughs> just absolutely freaking crazy. Yeah. The Krakens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that does bring up, and I don't know if you saw it uh, today, but, or heard about it, but the, uh, the report of the Arizona audit was delivered live to the uh, Arizona state Senate this morning. And the full report or not, not the leaked one. Not the leaked one, the full report. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Now, it's being reported as, well, once again, Joe Biden won Arizona. We now know it because the audit confirmed the uh, recount, the hand recount in uh, Maricopa County. Okay, technically that's true. They've also identified about 50,000 votes that probably shouldn't have been cast or counted. So, yeah the ballots that they were given came out with the same numbers as the ballots as that Maricopa County announced. So that is technically true, but they're saying that uh, about 25,000 of those ballots shouldn't have been cast. Either they were not signed or they were uh, people who no longer lived in the County, but who voted anyway. So they shouldn't have been cast Uh, people who voted more than once. So they got a, you know, they have a big number of questionable ballots. Now, the fact that the overall ballot count was the same, while interesting, uh, so at least we know that that portion of Maricopa County's election process was reliable, um, the actual approval of the ballots seems to have some issues with it. Yeah, and the margin was a little over 10,000. Right, exactly. Uh, for Joe Biden. And it's I think it's almost it's like 57,000 it's less than 60,000, but not much less. Yeah, it's, in, it's in the fifties. And it, it was, that's the total number of, you know, uh, questionable ballots. And that doesn't mean that the, all those ballots are invalid. Uh, the, the audit report even said that, you know, there are very well, probably uh, a portion of these that absolutely should have been counted and deserve to be counted. But th- there's uh, what did you say, Dale? It was something like twenty-five thousand or so. That they're like, yeah, these really don't look right. Yeah, there are twenty. And, there yeah. are twenty-three thousand ballots that probably should not have been counted. Right, which is double, more than double, the the uh, margin of victory. Yeah. So the the interesting thing is to me not what they came up with, um, but how it's being reported. Because yeah. the, the reporting is, hey, 
Maricopa County count was right. Joe Biden won. And I'm seeing all these people posting memes of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama laughing uproariously. Well, we've watched Joe Biden win again. What a great day it is. <laughs> and it's it's the framing of that story and the framing of that report that I find interesting. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, over on Fox, <laughs> meanwhile, over on Fox, there's not a whole bunch of... <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, Fox, uh, I, I guess it came out today that Fox, uh, Rudy Giuliani is no longer welcome on Fox News. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, they banned him. Yes. They banned him. So, no, so. No, more, no more America's mayor on Fox News. But you know what we're not talking about a lot anymore? Afghanistan. It, it, what, yeah, what's quietly going on in Afghanistan the news media is, you know, just studiously ignoring. Where there are still at least a hundred Americans, and who knows at least, many, and who knows how many thousands of Afghanis that are under physical. Well, most, threat. most of whom we, were, you know, most of those that we we're supposed to get out of there because now they've come up with the number. You know, all those those that hundred what hundred and twelve thousand they airlifted out of there. Three percent of them were SIV holders. Three percent. More of that's that, not a lot. More of that vetting we were told was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like they vetted any. They were grabbing. They were grabbing anybody off the street they could get their hands on and throwing them on a plane and getting them out of there, so that they'd have a number that they can come back with. Meanwhile, the Taliban are finding members of the former uh, Afghani police and security forces dragging them out into the street and just shooting them out of hand. Right. Yeah. Gee, I mean, what a they, they have an easier time doing it because we left behind all that biometric information. So. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they, yeah. they pretty much know who they all are. Well, my guess, is they probably, my guess is they probably knew who they all were anyway. Uh, and, and I'm just saying that's the, the Taliban is going to know in their area, who is doing what? It's not going to be a big surprise. So yeah, I, I, you know, I think what we did was awful. I don't think we should have done it, obviously. Uh, but the bottom line is, I don't think I, I think they have is probably better intel than we ever had about what was going on and who was doing what in Afghanistan. But we've managed to get past that simply by manufacturing this whipping crisis. So the Biden administration yes. is literally saying, "I am appalled. I am appalled of the actions of my administration." And I will get to the <laughs> I will right. get to the bottom of this. Uh, my yes, administration yes. is committed to um, to to seeking justice for the acts committed by my administration. That's right. Just like I'm, a, I'm feeling the same way about those ten kids, you know, in Afghanistan. Yes. Righteous that righteous strike. You know, that's the problem with over the horizon capability. You have to have good intel, or you do crap like that. If you don't have local intel, if you don't have somebody, and that's how they got Suleimani. There was somebody right there on the ground that said, yep, it's him, and he's in this car, in this convoy. That's how your over-the-horizon capability is is uh, useful. Uh, this crap about, uh, oh, hell, we're over here in Qatar, and uh, uh, we have over-the-horizon capability is just laughable. It doesn't work that way. And we have no intel in Afghanistan and by the way, nobody's going to be held responsible for the seven children who were murdered in that. Oh, country. hell no. That was just a, you know, they're whipping them down on the border and they're going to fire all those border patrol guys. But it's just a, oops, we killed seven kids. Sorry about that. 
you know, if, we're, we're doing if only the we had we somebody can. in the White House who was like in charge of this whole border crisis, yeah, you know, somebody kind of high up. But it, but like the, uh, the the drone strike, you know, it'll be some damn captain in a damn trailer out in Nevada that they'll finally you know lay it on and and, and relieve uh, instead of the people who actually okayed the strike. Uh, they'll that you know that's that's where they're going with this border crisis thing. They're gonna they're gonna uh, fire some damn border patrol guy on a horse and call it good. Speaking of Afghanistan, I, I was amused by our Secretary of State, Mr. Blinken, coming out um, and talking about how disappointed he was that the uh, new government of the Taliban is not really a government that looks like the Afghan population. There are no women represented in government. It's, it's just not acceptable. Do you, remember, do you remember those dopes talking about that? You know, it's Taliban 2.0. They're, they're much more enlightened. Uh, you know, they're... they're 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 professionals and and they they they've assured us of this and they've assured us of that and you know i'm sitting there thinking they'll assure you or whatever you want to hear to get your ass out of the country dude and they're not changing the spot they're tigers you know tigers don't change stripes god you just listen to those people and you go how in the hell did you become secretary of state you know you can't be that dumb yeah, you know, here's here's the thing though. When when you pull all these strings together, everything that's happened since Joe Biden took over, all of the decisions that have been made, all of the policies that have been implemented, um, there is a reason why there are so many conspiracy theories flying around out there. Because at some point, no matter how incompetent you are, uh, it begins to look less like incompetence and more like a plan. Yeah. You know, when, when every policy that you have harms the United States of America, at some point people start asking, is it because you're stupid or because you're actually trying to harm America? Well, what would you do, do differently? Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, what would you do differently if you really wanted to fundamentally change and ultimately destroy the the structure of the country what, what would anyone have done differently than what the biden administration has done um and it goes you know far beyond here although um the vote lost by a huge margin only nine votes in favor of it i mean congress was actually talking about killing funding for the iron dome program in israel a purely defensive program that is only for a missile defense system to, to shoot down missiles that are being fired at them by hamas um they don't kill people. They are purely a defensive system. And yet you had, including Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who lost her uh, bottle at the last minute and changed her vote from no to present, um, who were well, just crying the whole time. Yeah, who were just absolutely opposed to doing that. Okay, well, at some point, I got to wonder if you really are trying to destroy American foreign policy or if you're just that stupid. Now, I will give Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez the benefit of the doubt. I, I suspect that she is, in fact, really that stupid. Well, and yeah, also think... trying to undermine American policy. So <laughs> it's the double whammy. But Yeah, she is, um, she is a gift that keeps on giving. But this, in, this entire administration, this level of incompetence and unwillingness to take responsibility for anything, uh, Joe Biden's statement yesterday, well, you know, um, I inherited a lot of problems from the Trump administration. 
Yeah. Look, like, look um, why shouldn't he? Barack Obama got by on, on, on that excuse for, for eight years. Yeah, well, he can't blame Europe's uh, distrust of him now on Trump. He can't blame uh, the UK's parliament's condemnation of him on Trump uh, or the other European parliaments that uh, found his Afghan blunder uh, contemptible. Uh, nope, that's all his. And as usual, his foreign policy is always, always absolutely sucks. He, he, he has no head for it. Uh, although he thinks he has got this all figured, he, he, he'll tell you how good he is at foreign policy. He's never made a correct foreign policy decision. He's never had a correct foreign policy idea. He has screwed up everything there is to do with foreign policy, which brings me back to Obama's statement about him, you know? You can't imagine how how much or how easy it is for Joe to fuck something up. Yeah, never underestimate never underestimate yeah. Joe's ability to fuck something up. Well, then you have and he can. Then you have Robert Gates, um, who <laughs> came out and said Joe Biden has been wrong about every foreign policy decision for the last fifty years. That's not a that's and not you can a, see a Republican. That. That's that's an Obama appointee saying that. And it's and it goes from the big things we've seen like Afghanistan to little things like the president of South Korea landing in Hawaii today to uh, present uh, the country with the remains of a, a soldier that had died in the Korean War and there was nobody from the Biden administration there to meet. those kind of things this, this you know that that's the type thing that pisses allies off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is the yeah. president of South Korea who is returning the body. Yeah, of this American isn't some guy. Man. Yeah, it, it wasn't like their deputy as assistant minister of defense. It was right. the country's president, and we couldn't even we couldn't get anybody other than a four star general to meet him. Right, right. Yeah, that's so. That's what I mean. From from one end to the other, this this damn administration is a screw up. Well, as I told Michael last week, you know, Biden has managed to accomplish one thing that Donald Trump hasn't, which is to get the French to recall their ambassador to the United States. <laughs> that's, a, that, that, that's right. He's, that's the first time since France recognized the United States they've recalled their ambassador. Our oldest ally in the world. <laughs> yes. And Joe manages to get them to, to withdraw their ambassador. That's hilarious. Although, you know... That whole submarine thing is is yeah the French kind of fucked themselves over. Yeah, well, not only that, that's been going on since 2016. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's kind of hard. Yeah, kind of that, hard to just lay it all up, but it, I couldn't happen to a nicer. Yeah, there's that there's that famous viral <laughs> clip of a uh, of the chief of naval operations for the Australian Navy trying to explain patiently and in very great detail how submarines work to a senator uh, in the Australian Senate. <laughs> Um, it reminds me very much of uh, of uh, Hank uh, uh, Hank Johnson's fear oh, that, God, Guam. that Guam, With Guam would capsize and tip over. Yeah, uh, no, Senator, we do not anticipate that. But you know, look, the, 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 but one has to say the French, as arrogant as they can be, uh, and as sure to their own self right their own righteousness. Uh, it has to be said that the French really was screwing Australia over. They were not exactly. They were not delivering those suffering class submarines, and what they were delivering cost a hell of a lot more than they bargained for. 
um, that deal was well, on the rocks no that. matter what happened. It's not just that. This was a this was also a strategic decision by Australia because essentially there there are if you buy diesel subs you're you're essentially um, committing to a defensive scenario st- strategy. Diesel stra- subs uh, say defense. If you commit to uh, nuclear subs, you're now talking about. An, an offensive strategy. And I think over those years, Australia looked at that and said, you know, we, if we are in uh, league with the United States and the UK, we need to look at this aggressive China and take more than a defensive stand. And, don't and think that's China, what they decided to do. And don't think China didn't notice immediately. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, they were pissed. And that was the whole point. Yeah. So yeah, this although Joe Joe gets uh, you know Joe gets slapped on the head for it deservedly so because he just deserves to be slapped on the head. Um, this is something that that uh, when it has been going on a lot longer than Joe Biden's right. The, the the problem with the way Joe Biden did it was they did the whole thing in secret. At no yes. point were yeah. the French consulted. At no point were they informed. They learned about it during the announcement just like everybody else did. Oops, it looks like we just lost Bruce. Um, that's, um, that isn't smart diplomacy. No, that, that's, it, it was really actually pretty stupid. But, I mean, that's Joe Biden. I mean, he's the George Costanza of presidents, you know, I mean, in, especially yeah. when it comes to in, foreign in, policy. In Joe Biden's defense, I'm not sure what the tactful way is in terms of you know, diplomacy between allies to, to tell the French, look, you are failing on this submarine deal. We're going to have to step in and pick up for your inability to deliver on time and on budget. So we're going to have to dump that deal. I, I mean, I don't know how you sweeten that pill to, to the French. I mean, you could have brokered a different ally, India or... I saw somebody suggest Vietnam and... They went into great detail about it, and I'm just like, uh, I don't know about that one. But they're still commies, and yeah, they may be uh, chafing at the yoke that the Chinese are still trying to put on them. But it, I, that just sounds kind of dumb. But I, I mean, I think we could have brokered something to salvage that deal for them. I, I, at least bring them into the loop. It doesn't mean that you know they get any say in the final deal. But at least they would be brought in and they'd have to think seriously about, well, we well, have been dicking around for the last decade. On well, this. I think you're exactly right. And the fact, the fact, the way, the way you approach them to say, guys, we're giving you a heads up. You know, this is going to be announced and we don't want you to be embarrassed and we don't want, you know, diplomatically, we want you to be able to, to answer this and, and, and spin it your way. But that's not the way it happened, and that's the point. You know, it's kind of like the Afghan uh, uh, debacle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Trump they alerted no withdrawal. Yeah. Well, Trump said we're going to draw. Yeah. Okay. So that was the decision made, but the decision he got in trouble for wasn't the decision to withdraw. It's when and how he did it, uh, and that's exactly what happened with this diplomatic uproar. Is the fact you know is the when and how he did it or didn't do it. He didn't tell them, uh, and so they were embarrassed. And they were uh, they were well, kind of hung out to dry. Yeah, I was about to say they were more than embarrassed. I mean, they they were my exact words were going to be they were hung out to dry. They had no notice that this yeah. was coming. The British yeah. had to the British had to grab uh, two para 
to start running missions to grab people and pull them out of Afghanistan, their equivalent of the um, uh, SVI program, um, everybody was just caught flat-footed and the administration just sprung it on them. Yeah, and they just shrugged their shoulders afterwards. Well, that's what happened in this submarine deal. Same thing. And so that's why France, you know, you know, France has been done twice in a few months uh, by this administration. And so I, I think that's where that came from. And, and it was interesting to me that uh, France withdrew its ambassador from the United States and France withdrew its ambassador from Australia, but it did not withdraw its ambassador from the UK. Oh, is that right? I didn't know. Yeah, that. no, I that's correct. That. Yeah, in fact, Boris Johnson that's came correct. out. In fact, Boris Johnson came out the next day and said, "You know, France is one of our closest allies, and our relationship remains strong." Right. I, I think the the French. But, but that's also that's the, I think that's the, also the brokering arm. Yeah. Well, I think the <laughs> yeah. I think the French assessment was that the British were kind of dragged into this uh, after the fact. Because Australia, A, is a Commonwealth country, and B, Britain kind of does what the United States would like it to do. And so they felt that Great Britain was not really uh, as big a backstabber as Australia or the United States were. But again, the French yeah, bear a yeah, substantial I, proportion of the blame for being unable to fulfill the contract that they wrote with Australia back in 2016. Oh, absolutely. And and that's the, uh, the, the, the thing is, and, and I agree with what you just said, is this was a U. This was a U.S. Australia deal. Uh, the the nuclear submarine technology isn't going to come from Britain. No, they're 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 providing some um, some electronic and other systems support for those submarines. Jesus. but they're not providing the submarines. We are. This that's not, not, this is a deal with us. Not Lucas Electronics. <laughs> well, let's let's hope not. <laughs> The one thing that keeps me from buying an old Jaguar are the two words Lucas yeah. Electronics. The Lucas Ele old man Lucas died in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not going to get any better. Joe Biden has been no. wrong about everything. I, I've seen so many people who are now saying, I really regret voting for Joe Biden. I didn't expect things to turn out like this. And all I can think of when I see those things is, how could you not have? How, how could you exactly. How could you have ever thought? Well, yeah, if you, if you based on what? Politics, what what made yeah. you think he was confident in the first place? Did you I mean, did you really where did, yeah. would you get this information from? How would you build this case to think that he was competent at anything? It, 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 it's very simple. Anybody, you know, it's the old yellow dog Democrats. Anything's better than Trump. Yeah, that's that's uh, I think a, a large portion of it, yeah. Yeah, well, look. Oh, even even Meghan McCain has come out firing at uh, at well, uh, Trump. I mean, I mean, not Trump at uh, uh, Biden. Think about how it happened. They stood the old puppet up, and you know he he wandered through a couple of debates, and then they looked at polls, and the polls said, "Well, of all those damn, you know, also ran to get up there, the only guy that's polling anywhere is Biden. That's because he's been around forever, and he's got you know." Some name recognition. So let's remember how quickly everybody dropped out and got behind that. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, just, I mean, think about it. That, that's how yeah. awful the bench is for the Democrats. I mean, <laughs> they finally had, had to go and it's like, we got nobody left, coach. Uh, yeah. All right, Joe, suit up. You're going in. <laughs> well, we've got an octogenarian that everybody recognizes. That'll work. And look, yeah, and in, think in, about, in, think in, about, in an environment of Trump fatigue, 
it turns out to have been a good strategy. But well, yeah, they, 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 they didn't matter who they ran. <laughs> exactly. And think about the, the, the pick for vice president. There wasn't ever anyone that said anything but it's going to be a black woman. Yep. I never heard anybody else mentioned but various black women. And poor Stacey Abrams thought she was going to be the bell for the ball. Stacey Abrams (laughs) was one. uh, What's her name? Bottoms of uh, the mayor of of Atlanta was one. I mean, you know, they went through a a whole list of black women. So we knew that, you know, okay, we've got an old white man up here. We're going to have to have a black woman to balance herself on the other end. So look what they picked. Christ, even Stacey Evans is a better what we got. I, I still remain convinced on the basis of no evidence whatsoever that there was a corrupt deal made that Joe Biden just had to win this election, stick around for two years and a day, and then they were done with him. Right. I can't wait to that. I can't wait to that two years of the days up. I want to see how 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 right you were. Because oh, well, I, you know, you know I, I think it's a good I think it's a good theory. Well, you know why it's two years and a day though, right? Because sure, then yeah. so she, can, she, she can run. She can run she again. Can run, she can run three more times. Well, she can well, run well, two, she can two, run more, two times. more times, but she can serve out less than two years, years of his term and then get two years of her own. Although, right. based on her inability to attract more than two percent of the Democratic electorate, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that that is the best strategy. Yellow dogs, there. Well, and who the hell would be her VP? Oh God! Would that be well? Here's the thing: as I recall, the VP has to be approved by the Senate. Senate, yeah. And if if, so, if she couldn't vote, that's right. And well, well, she wouldn't be the she wouldn't be the VP. That's right. So there there wouldn't be the president. There would be no VP. So it would be the Senate. And and if it was after 2022, it's probably going to be a Republican Senate. So good luck. Or even if it was tomorrow. I mean, how did she get a VP nominated? I mean, you you don't have, it would be a 50%. There would be no majority. Unless Susan Collins decided this was a nice person and she wanted to vote for him. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but but even then, like, who the hell do you pull in? It can't be uh, AOC because she's too young. Um, it, it can't be. Well, I mean, I guess it could be Pelosi. Uh, that would. <laughs> God <laughs> help. Holy shit. Um, I, I mean, literally, I mean, who do you actually? Well, bring you in? know what? Pelosi wouldn't be a bad deal because what? VP just goes to the border every now and then, and then funerals, right? <laughs> And she's going to retire from the house anyway, she says. Yeah, That's true. Let her, yeah. be, let her be VP and do funerals. And she certainly has the experience, right? She's been in politics for, what, 30-some years? Uh, oh, yes, yeah, at least, right? Well, she was in Baltimore City Council for a while, too, right? So, No, Pelosi? I mean, I, no, no, San Francisco. Well, she started out in Baltimore, didn't she? She's from well, that's where her dad was. That's where her dad was. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, he was. He was a ward. He was a ward boss in Baltimore. Yeah. But either way, she's been in politics basically all her life. I mean, she's. I mean, she's basically yeah. the same as Joe Biden. Yeah, you got it. With about the same record of accomplishments. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Although I might give the edge to Nancy, <laughs> at least somewhat intelligence. 
Yeah, man, that's a relative term there. That very we're talking low bar here. <laughs> I, I don't recall that she's ever plagiarized anybody's speeches twice. Yeah. <laughs> But for the yeah. moment, Joe Biden is the guy that we're stuck with. And, you know, there are, right, a, lot of, there are a lot of people that doubt he's actually running the show there. I'd, I'd like to know who, who is. And, you Ronald know, he, Klain. he, he oh, yeah, well, he could be right. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's the weirdest administration in its complete unwillingness to expose itself to the press. Um, Joe Biden has almost completely stopped answering questions from the press. Uh, well, did you yeah, see the I mean, thing with him in, uh, in Boris? Very, except in very tightly scripted situations. Yeah, Boris got, gets interrupted by Biden's press crew as they hustle the press out of their Oval Office because they were afraid Joe was going to get an ask a question. He apparently had signaled to one of the one of the uh, uh, folks on the in the press pool, and that's when you know, the staff leapt into action. <laughs> And Boris, the look on Boris's face is like, um, oh, I know what's going on. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> because Boris, what? well, look, let, let's face it. Boris is uh, perfectly happy with the sound of his own voice. <laughs> Would uh, very clearly love to blather on with with the press corps, no matter who they are, American or or uh, British. But as soon as Joe started to answer a question. <laughs> Like, okay, thank you. Out, out, everybody out. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Put a you. stop to that. And Boris was just be bewildered. Well, you know, the, the White House press corps did lodge a formal complaint uh, with oh, the White wow. House Gee. about uh, not being allowed to ask the president some questions. So I am sure uh, I'm sure that we're going to see a big change in policy because of, uh -huh. of that. <laughs> <laughs> huge. At least huge. I'm actually kind of shocked they let Peter Ducey uh, still ask questions. Well, uh, he, yeah. they, let, they let him ask questions of Jim Pisaki. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. And she basically yeah. doesn't answer any of them, so it works out for everybody. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> so fucking snide and condescending to him. Is that an issue? Is that a problem? What's your point? Is that really a problem? Yeah. Jesus or I wouldn't Christ, be asking the question. <laughs> yeah. Or I wouldn't be asking the question. <laughs> well, look, I imagine it's really upsetting when there's somebody there in the room who is a, it's supposed to be full of stenographers and he keeps bringing up these unpleasant things. I told my wife last night, I was, you know, she's watching him, uh, Ducey trying to ask a question. And I said, you do realize that. He is the Jim Acosta of the freaking Ed Biden administration. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not making an intelligence comparison with you but he is the Jim Acosta of the Biden administration. Well, see, that's a better that's a better analogy than I had because I was about to say that he is the crazy Thanksgiving uncle of the White House press corps. <laughs> oh, he's the Jim Acosta. Hey, have you heard anything from Jim Acosta since Biden was in office? Oh, yeah, he's like disappeared. Well, now yeah. he has his own show or something, right? He's like an anchor. Where? Oh boy, yeah. That's obviously, obviously, that's well known. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where. I guess who does he work for? CNN, NBC. I yeah. don't know. CNN, I believe. Speaking of the press corps, for certain values of the press corps, um, Chris Cuomo came out this week, and he is obsessed uh, or upset and uh, very concerned 
about the fact that the media just does not take the disappearance of Native Americans and people of color as seriously <laughs> as they do white people. Yeah, apparently yeah. a memo went around CNN's offices because uh, all the hosts on CNN were Jake Tapper jumped uh, in uh, quite as well. the start about this. Yeah, well, I I, I saw a uh, tweet by um, good old uh, uh, Chris Cuomo, who who has a basket full of trouble right now, uh, where he basically said the same thing. And I, I I put a little addendum to it and said, "Hey, Chris, here's an idea. Why don't you you do it on your show?" Yeah, that's the well, thing and that's that, what's so uh, crazy. Yeah, that's because the thing. I mean, I actually agree with them. I, you know, the white girl syndrome thing. Like, yeah, the, I mean, the the wall to wall coverage because some white girl goes missing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree with them. I, I think that it's that it is over the top and ridiculous. Um, but it's not about the victim; it's about the perpetrator. That's why they don't go uh, hog wild when uh, some black girl goes missing or Hispanic girl or Chinese girl, because the perpetrators are also a protected class. It only works if the perpetrator is a white male. Exactly. Right. You know, it it reminds me of exactly right. It reminds me of the, the late Patrice O'Neill who in one of his comedy shows uh, did this thing. It was pretty clever the way he did it. He said, so, you know, down there in the, you're in Vandersloot that killed that white girl down there in the islands. What was her name? And everybody jumps out with Natalie, whatever her name was. And he says, yeah. And then he went over to Brazil and he killed that black girl. What was her name? Right. But yeah, yes, the, I mean, the, the I totally with, agree with the, the concept. Yeah, the trouble though with reporting on, you know, African American or Hispanic or or Native American uh, women or children being abducted and murdered is that um, you're going to have to report on the uh, on the person who did the abduction and murder. And I believe currently, right now, uh, the, the the last figure I saw, and I saw it earlier this week. Ninety-six percent of the perpetrators of violence against African American women are African American. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's typical across the 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 board when it comes to crime. Um, white people kill white people. Black people kill black people. Hispanic people kill uh, Hispanic people. I mean, that's that's literally has been true for decades. That that is the most common, and, and it makes sense because you're much much more likely to be killed by somebody you know than a random person. It, it's it's overwhelmingly going to be somebody that you know. Yeah, at least in 50% of the cases. It actually used to be much higher than that. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, it, it was something like 75% plus uh, of all murders were committed by someone who is known to the victim. Yeah. Yep. That has gotten a little well, less likely uh, of late, but still. You... But that's mostly because of gangland, gangland slayings and th- those sorts of things. It's not, uh, you know, we don't have more serial killers. We don't have more, uh, you know, crazy people just randomly murdering people. Um, it's that it, the, the drug war has gotten out of hand. Um and that's where a lot, a, a great deal of, of uh, the murders come from, especially in inner cities. But as a, as a general rule, if you find a dead white woman 
um, you start looking real close at her husband. If you find a dead white kid, you start looking real close at the mother. Yep. Or the father. Uh, mothers are far more likely to kill their children than fathers are, actually. They kill them in bunches, though. If you find a single one. Yeah, that's true. If you find a single one, it's up in the air. But you, you, you look at the parents first. Yeah, parents first, uncles, uh, older siblings, <laughs> sometimes hey, younger siblings. Hey, speaking of crime, I just noticed uh, earlier today that Congress is now taking up a bill to make the penalty for you know powder cocaine the same as crack co- cocaine. So it's a really interesting reversal. Um, whenever crack cocaine first started to hit the African-American community, African-American leaders were almost unanimous in their request that the federal government make the criminalization of crack cocaine a more serious offense than just regular powdered cocaine, and the federal government obliged. Yep. That has turned into a racist uh, law enforcement operation. Uh, so now we're going to have to uh, roll that back so that we get rid of that disparity in sentences for the two forms of cocaine. I just thought it was interesting how the the African-American community has switched 180% on the issue of crack cocaine and its criminalization. Well, and they did the same thing with policing. Again, at the same time, back in the 80s, uh, they were requesting, uh, demanding, that there be more policing in their neighborhoods, which were uh, decrepit and, and literally abandoned. Uh, the criminals were running wild. And they said, hey, can, you know, my kid can't even walk to school. I can't walk down to the local bodega and you know get some milk and eggs and come home without being harassed or possibly shot. You know, why aren't you policing our neighborhoods? Okay, so they did that. Then, hey, you know, police... You know, we needed to fund them. They're just killing us. Well, <laughs> that's a classic. Both of these things, I think, are a classic case of be careful what you ask for. Right. <laughs> like that age-old picture of uh, the clash between the police and the rioters. And once more government. Right. Once more government. <laughs> <laughs> more government. <laughs> exactly. And then there, then there continues to be the corruption of our language. The, the Lancet, uh, a once uh, oh, very yeah. respectable medical magazine, has on its cover a quote which says, historically, the anatomy and physiology of bodies vaginas have been neglected. Apparently, we don't use the term women anymore. I well, they even corrected a uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote. Oh, I know. Isn't that something? The ACLU oh. did this. Yes. The, the thing I mean, we're, we're in danger of, you know, regular, just American English, uh, English, English, even Canadian well, English becoming, you, you uh, remember, going the way of Latin. And then we're you, you, have all these derivatives. You remember the, you remember the protagonist's job in 1984. You remember his job, right? Yep. He worked his, for the Ministry his job of Truth. Was, Right. His job was to go back and change history so right. that it read correctly. That's right. Yeah, some people have uh, apparently read this uh, as a manual and not, yes! a, uh, <laughs> and not a cautionary tale. The weird thing about this is that this change in the language, I mean, they might as well, you know, when you, t- when you reduce women 
to just, we'll, we'll just call them bodies with vaginas. That is such yeah. a clinical, impersonal term. Um, it, it, uh, morally, it is no better than saying things with holes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's like a whole community on like, uh, <laughs> like, Oh, I don't know. I can't figure out what it's called. A Pornhub. The, the, <laughs> that things with holes. Things I mean, with holes. I'm I, sure, mean, I, I guarantee you there's a community there. So I've heard. <laughs> but So you have bookmarked. But then you get <laughs> then you get the sort of the, the, the third wave feminists now. Um, well, if women don't exist or if, if women as a definable class don't exist, then how do you argue for women's rights? Exactly. So yeah, well, we see where's the biggest clash that is coming up in women's sports. You know, they fought oh, for yeah. that's that was originally why Title IX went into place uh, was because women were were not getting the same opportunities as men um, in sports, right? So they passed Title IX and they made it broad. Say, look, you can't discriminate in any of your uh, expenditures, um, you know, so you can't favor the men over the women. Okay. Um, and so that, of course, killed a lot of sports programs. Wrestling went by the wayside, you know, other smaller teams. But not Big Ten baseball um, or football. That's right. No, that could never go by the wayside. Um, but, I mean, that killed a bunch. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm a woman, so I can be an MMA fight, fighter. Uh, I can be a weightlifter. I can be a track star. And these poor girls who, you know, they're, especially in like high school, they're looking to get scholarships so that they can actually pay for college and, and that sort of thing. I mean, they're, they're just kind of tossed to the side. Well, no, no, no. We need well, to take care of these uh, trans women. Well, nobody seems what to care. What the ca fuck is a trans woman? It, it's not that nobody cares. It's that no one is allowed to, to say... You know, there are biological, physiological differences between men and women. That well, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of people saying you know, that, but there, nobody seems, nobody who, in authority seems to care. And yet, oddly nope. enough, if I find a skeleton out in the desert that's been there for, you know, 20,000 years, mm -hmm. I can look at it and know immediately whether it was a man's or a woman's skeleton. So this, well, this, this denial of, <laughs> this denial of biology, um, in service of political ideology is going to lead us to some really, really dark places. And so when you do, well, have, it, when you do have feminists and I use JK Rowling as an example, who just refuses to bend the knee to the, the, the transsexual lobby and refuses to acknowledge that transsexual men are not, or transsexual women are not actual women. They are transsexual women, but biological women have a, dis, are a distinct class. Um, she's just been savaged in the UK for making that argument. Yeah, and she is. A, she is a, a, an actual true feminist I mean, because she's sticking up for women. Uh, well, you think about Camille Paglia? I yeah, mean, Camille, pa Camille Paglia she, she is, is an old school second wave yeah, feminist. She, she didn't take any crap from any of them. Well, and, the, and they have a harder time going up against her because she's oh, she far smarter than most people. Yep. <laughs> bright as hell and just takes them apart but here's the thing okay so help me think through this 
so it's LGBTIQ, blah, 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 blah. Okay. The L, the G, and the B, I get. I can sort of, I guess, understand the Q. Because those all have to do with sexual identities. Question. Where gender and sex are the same thing. When you start adding on the other ones, but it has nothing to do with sex. It has nothing to do with my sexual identity. Okay, then why are you in this? I mean, that it, I, don't, I don't understand how you got combined into this. You know, people who have sexual preferences that are not of the norm, uh, male, female only. So, and look, I, I'm, I'm perfectly, you, you know, you're a lesbian, you're gay, whatever. I, I don't really don't care. That doesn't affect me. But then you're like, well, but I'm... Um, an asexual uh, armadillo gender. What the fuck does that mean? The what the fuck is gender? It's like mean, you can't even define it anymore. Especially if you can't define it a, a number of genders, then it's meaningless. I, I mean, am I just crazy here? Well, no, this is part of the corruption of the language. If you corrupt the language to the point where definitions can mean whatever is politically convenient for you to mean makes it very hard for you to to be debated um it gives you the higher ground on any sort of intellectual debate simply because your terms mean something different than the terms that are commonly accepted in the public at large and it becomes impossible to pin you down on policy or anything else like that because we're not talking the same language that's just a microcosm of the, the, the larger problem with the language that we have in politics as a whole in the West. Uh, when we talk about rights, are we talking about the same thing? I, I know if I'm talking to a libertarian what rights are, and I know that we probably share the same definition. If I'm talking to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez about rights, I'm, I am pretty sure that we're not discussing the same concept. If we can't right. discuss the same concept, I don't know how we can have a discussion. Yeah, well, we, we used we, to have we, philosophy that would actually hone in on these things. Well, and it already has. Those things are already there. We know, for instance, that the rights that, we're, that we have are negative rights. So what they're always talking about are positive rights. It's, we know that. Uh, but but they're used, the word rights is just thrown around. It, it could be either depending upon who you're talking to. But the bottom line is inherent rights, uh, the rights we're talking about, the rights that are enshrined in in our uh, constitution uh, are not the rights. They're they're actually what Ocasio-Cortez talks about are privileges. Uh, that can be given or withdrawn at any time. That those aren't rights. I think, and that's I, and that's what Dale's talking about. They they they've co-opted the word rights to mean something completely different than what it does. Well, I think it's more pernicious than that. It's not just a a, a case of we're not really kind of talking about the same thing. Their concept of rights is that simply because I exist, that imposes an obligation on you. And I have a claim to your property and your income to get the thing that I want that I say is a right. Now, of course, if you're a natural rights person, 
uh, nothing that requires the labor or property of another can possibly be a right. Oh, and by the way, this idea that I have some sort of, you have some sort of obligation of labor to me, to which you did not agree, is something that we used to call slavery. Mm-hmm. Well, but again, I want to go back to the to the point that when they discuss rights, uh, they aren't, that's exactly what they're talking about. I'm, I'm not arguing that that's not what they're talking about. But that is not how they were defined and laid out in the Constitution of the United States. They're different. They're talking about a completely different thing. And they're essentially uh, making a claim on you. That's why they, they can come out and say you have a right to a home or shelter or whatever. You have a right to health care. No, you don't have either of those because those those make a positive claim on somebody else's labor and income and, and, and whatever else to attain. Uh, that's well, not do. the rights that our founders were talking about. But what it does yeah. allow them to do is say, well, look, the Republicans are against rights. The Republicans don't want to protect. We want sure. to protect your <laughs> rights. Um, you know, yeah, sure. and their rights and their rights, they literally make up out of the name. Well, and it's also, I mean, I think it's, it's a lot broader than that. Yes. The, the rights question, um, I think it's certainly the bedrock of it, but it is expanded, uh, into every facet of our lives to right. the point where, you know, gender, which used to be a really simple concept is now, uh, amorphous, um, you know, and it's really kind of turned into a, a, a religion. You know, these aren't, you know, concepts uh, that can be argued and batted about back and forth philosophically. These are precepts that if you don't accept them, then you're immoral. That's right. You're exactly right. They've elevated to moral and immoral. I mean, I have every right to be a bisexual penguin and identify as one. And you, right. and, and you know what? And I don't it. have a problem. And you have to treat me like one. That's exactly it. That's the obligation. Just like we talked about with the right. Mm-hmm. That's the obligation that they are now placing on other people. And how do you, I mean, it's because it's so illogical. You know, like Dale always likes to say, you know, you, you can't argue somebody out of, uh, uh, or you can't reason somebody out of a position they didn't reason themselves into. You, you, there's no reason involved. There's no rationality. It's just pure dogma. And, you know, it's like when you let, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, this is a, a, a good illustration. <laughs> I saw some meme where uh, there's like a bunch of frat guys sitting around in a, in a drinking circle playing quarters or something with uh, some like Seventh-day Adventist or whoever it is comes to your door. And knocks on you wants to tell you about Christ. See, they invite him, and they're all sitting around. And the the uh, the quote is, uh, "If they win, we all get baptized. If we win, they have to get drunk and join our fraternity." Yeah, well, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. The, the, it's like there's no rationality. There's no reason. It's just a big fucking game. Look, if I come up to you and say, look, I am a pansexual uh, diesel locomotive. My pronouns are chug and chew. Um, <laughs> what, what, what is your rational comeback to that? Well, well it's, it's not that. It's, you have to do that or you're going to be sanctioned. Oh, yeah. By the way, how dare you misgender me? 
right? Yeah. Well, and that's just it. it. It's putting the question to you. How you respond is, uh, you know, either in the woke context, which means that you're an quote unquote ally, or you laugh hilariously or any other reaction other than the correct one. And you're, you're now, uh, you're an immoral a-hole who deserves to die. And um, if somebody were to kill you, nobody would mourn. And you know what? You deserved it. There wouldn't even be any consequences. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that gets us back into the, you know, is it okay to punch Nazis as long as I get to define who the Nazis are? That gets us into that gets us into super super dangerous territory. Yeah, we're right in the middle of it now. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, look, we're not going to solve it tonight. We're an hour and a half into this thing, so we should probably shut what? it down. Yeah, I've been there that we solved it. All right, look, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week. You yep. You've been listening to Observations Q and O podcast for Friday, the twenty fourth of September, twenty twenty one. Thanks for listening to the podcast on behalf of Bruce and Michael. I'm Dale Franks. Appreciating your patronage on the podcast. Hope you'll be back again for the next one. Until then, have a great week, everybody. So long. Mm-hmm.